0: Hey, boss. What's going on? Uh, hey. Why are you just standing out here? Let's go inside. It's kind of chilly today.
1: Uh, uh. I, I, I think I'm good. Um, um, why don't you use your security code on the door? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I would, but you're here. You're closer. Just use yours. Uh,
1: you don't have one either, do you?
0: Yeah. I. It still hasn't showed up. Right. It was supposed to be here last night, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, uh, that was what I was told when I put the order in. Boss, who did you order the codes through? Uh, same person I always do. I go through Amazon. <sighs>
1: There's your problem. Enjoy, Enjoy your, your stay. The city 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 city. Casino. <laughs> what have we here? I suggest a new strategy with us, excited.
0: Welcome, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars and gaming, and I'd like to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast here in the clouds. And I'm the administrator of this facility, and your host, Michael Morris. And that other voice that you hear is the other guy who's always here Keeping the show going, keeping things running, telling me how to do my job, Nathan P. Butler.
1: Hey everybody, thank goodness that EA had the security codes to <laughs> let us in the door, otherwise this would have taken even longer.
0: Oh no, I got mine finally, you know, 10 minutes before deadline.
1: Yes, yes, so of course folks, you know you know what we're talking about, uh, we'll be talking Fantasy Flight game stuff with new releases and things like that quite a bit next episode, but the big news now is the Battlefront beta, and both of us, um, had it not been well, in my case, had it not been for EA, EA didn't wind up helping Michael at all. No, um, they ignored the crap out of me. <laughs> we basically would have um, would have missed the first day of the uh, of the Battlefront beta. So uh, I guess sh- should I explain what exactly happened with Amazon, or is that just too much of us grumbling? I mean,
0: might as well um, because okay. it's if someone because I know there were plenty of people who were getting to play it. I saw on social media people were like, "Woo, here's the the load screen," and I'm like, "You just
1: go to hell <laughs> and you die." <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, when you pre-order Battlefront Two, whether it's the regular version or the Elite Trooper Deluxe version, you're supposed to get early access to the Battlefront beta. The beta itself would run um, the Let's see, the 6th through the 9th, or through the through noon Eastern on the 9th. None of that UTC time stuff. That just confuses the crap out of me, um, even if I do have droid parts. But uh, that was sort of a public beta time. And if you pre-ordered, you were supposed to get a code that you would then put in, and you'd get to start playing actually on the 4th. So you could play the 4th and the 5th just with other pre-order people. And then the 6th through the 9th, it's everybody. And then, of course, it shut down. Then on November 17th, the game itself comes out. And the way this tends to work is that the codes, if you pre-order a physical copy, have to come through whatever that outlet is. And some places you pre-order, you pay for the item, and it's on your receipt that you can then enter in and use when the time comes. If it's a digital pre-order, you just gain your access that way. Well, in our case, we both ordered through Amazon. I take advantage of Amazon Prime. It takes the $80 deluxe version and makes it even with taxes, only about 68 bucks. Great deal problem is Amazon didn't send out the beta codes when they were supposed to. They did not go out on the night before the beta started. Uh, and to be fair, there were plenty of people out there who had beta codes from other outlets who couldn't get them to work initially. They were getting invalid code warning. So that was screwed up uh, already. But then a lot of us who pre-ordered physical copies through Amazon didn't get our codes. And Amazon – help, and I, I went through Amazon first. Amazon was no help whatsoever. Um, <laughs> no, I, the we'll Amazon... send it
0: to you on the day of launch.
1: Yes, yeah. The first thing was I talked to a person through the Amazon chat, and the, and first off, I couldn't tell if it was a human being. It was either a human being or a bot. If it was a bot, they're programming their bots with bad English, no punctuation, and no capitalization. If it was a human, it was an idiot. I <laughs> can't quite tell which. Um, but the but the person that I spoke to, Alex from Amazon, basically said um, – said, first off, they said, please do not worry. Every sentence had please do not worry in it as if that was a punctuation mark. So please do not worry. You will receive your code once payment is processed, at which point I got to school him and say, yeah, that's not how it works. You guys process payments whenever you ship out a product, which is on release day. Betas are like a month before. You have to send it before the beta. You're an idiot. Here's what a beta actually is. Which, granted, not everybody's going to know what a game beta is. But, duh, if I'm contacting you a month before it's supposed to be released, surprise, surprise, I'm supposed to have the code now, not then. So that was no help whatsoever. Don't worry. We'll escalate this. I was told he'd escalate this after half an hour of sitting there with no response while he was supposedly looking into it. I finally say something. He says, oh, well, I've escalated it. Never says anything else. I just close the chat. Screw it. Uh, Buddy of mine had a friend of his who ordered something through an Amazon Marketplace vendor. A refund went through, and it never showed up on his account. So Amazon gave him a super-secret telephone number that actually gets you a human being at (laughs) Amazon by phone. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, So I call this super-secret number. I'm sure that MI6 and CIA operatives are monitoring this phone line. Um, And basically this person was – they understood the problem. Um, they put in a help thing on their end um, so that the issue could be resolved and did everything that they could, which was, you know, to be fair, it spent some time with me on the phone working on the issue. But, of course, it was – you'll receive a response within 24 to 72 hours. Awesome. By then, the early access is done. This has not helped me at all either.
0: <laughs> right.
1: um, thankfully, a guy – I think his name was Pierre on the Star Wars Timeline Gold's Facebook page pointed me to help.ea.com, and over there – Basically, they have so many complaints about the invalid codes and codes not being received that they set up an automated process that if you go there and you clicked on contact us, you chose the game, you chose the platform, and you said that the issue was codes and promotions and that the issue was an invalid code. Even if you didn't receive one, put invalid code. Once you filled it all out and it actually went through, which took a while because lots of people doing it means a lot of spinning loading screens without the email actually ever going through, once you ever get it through – In theory, it's supposed to automatically send you a code within a matter of seconds, which it did for me, but never did for Michael. So I was able to get in, but I had missed most of the first day of early access because of this. And then Michael didn't get access until they finally wound up sending the codes out, which was at like 1130 p.m. Eastern that night on the first day. So there was only one day left of early access. So basically... The beta early access thing was heavily botched with Amazon being a prime culprit of it. To the point where, if there is another game that I uh, want to pre order that I'm going to pre order a physical copy of um, that has any kind of early access to anything, I will not be doing so through Amazon. Games for release day, no problem. No problem at all. But anything with an early access thing that I have to get a code from, no. Amazon has just completely lost my business mm-hmm. uh, on that particular type. Um, of game purchase, but yeah, so we finally did get a chance to play it, um, but we were going to record the night of the beta starting and there was no way to do so because neither of us were able to play it um, at that point. And then by the time I was able to play it, that was when we would have been recording, and Michael still hadn't. So we've got a chance to check it out now. We're going to talk about all the different intricacies of it and such. But suffice to say, that's why this is an episode as the beta is ending instead of as it's beginning. Because, Amazon, you suck. (laughs) Yeah, it's. um,
0: I I continued to have issues, though, because I was trying to download the thing. And so I, I go in, and I type in the code that Amazon did finally send to me. And it goes, all right, we got your code. And I'm like, that's great. Where's my game? And I asked you, I was like, hey, Nate, do you know? And you're like, yeah, check in the library. Yeah, it's not there. Are you sure? Let me try to just type it in again. This code has already been uh, used. Great. <laughs> I have no game. I have no code. So what I finally did was actually went into the the store and just kind of went into like the oh this is what's you know popular right now this is what people are downloading and i found the the battlefront 2 and then it had like the little beta option so i just clicked on it it's like download yes and uh so so i went ahead and handled that i was kind of like i wonder if i would have just done this from the beginning if i ever needed a stinking code (laughs) but i'm sure i probably did but i was just curious about that after the fact so
1: i finally got in that way when did you finally download it
0: Uh, let's see. So it had been last night around nine or 10 o'clock, somewhere in there.
1: Okay. So you, so you probably still needed the code at that point. Um, although I will say that it's, uh, I mean, if the idea was that we were going to make sure that just pre-order customers got a chance to to do it. Yeah. That was completely out the window the moment they made it an automated system through EA to get the code. So my guess is we had a lot of people who had pre-ordered, who didn't get codes, trying to use the EA website to get them. And in your case, uh, Went up like you, not getting a code from EA at all. And then it turns out that lots of people probably jumped on there seeing those instructions, just said, huh, I didn't get a code either. Because <laughs> nobody was checking anything. Right. Um, they, EA's response to it basically let more people in. Um, it reminded me very much of, and it's funny because our opening there about Amazon is similar to our opening of Read Pop from Celebration, <laughs> right? Because it reminds me of when Read when uh, at Celebration we were being told by I guess it was Barnes and Noble you must have purchased something in order to get a book signed at this particular signing, and then they never bothered to check for receipts, and a bunch of people went and bought extra stuff just because of that. So, yeah, just just kind of botched, but that's the the behind the scenes stuff I would say. Uh, the game itself. I'm going to dive into it. Um, I took some notes so we can hopefully uh, hit a little bit of everything. So is there a particular place you want to start or would you like me to give an overview of the specifics of what's available first?
0: Let's start with John Boyega. Oh, yeah. What about him? Well, that's the first thing that you uh, (laughs) see when you (laughs) when you turn the game on.
1: This is true, yeah. So the game is set up so that when you put it in and you first install it, um, you get a nice video of John Boyega not only introducing the game, but what's going to be in the beta. Uh, and they've got these videos that are actually uh, consistently updated each day within the beta so that you can watch more about uh, different strategies and stuff like that. They've apparently got some experts who are uh, who are in there doing that. I thought that was a good touch, having John Boyega actually uh, be part of it because he was such a – his uh, his – Entreaty, I guess, of saying, "Hey, please put in a campaign mode kind of thing," or his question of "Where is it in the last <laughs> yeah, one?" Like, uh, hey, was what's really up? it seemed like <laughs> instrumental, perhaps, in yeah, in, in helping make Battlefront Two better than Battlefront One.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's a hero to all of us.
1: And he didn't even have to take a lightsaber slash to the back this time in order to do it. Um, he
0: did steal right. a TIE fighter. He didn't have to, but he did steal a TIE fighter in the process.
1: That's true, but I mean, you know, you know who hasn't wanted to steal a Special Forces TIE fighter? They got the cool guns and stuff. Um, although it is very complicated from what I understand. So <laughs> very if, when you go into the beta... Um, You have a menu that theoretically is going to look similar to what you're going to get in the main game. The text looks a little fuzzy and a little funky because it's all got this weird rippling effect as if it's all coming through a hologram transmitter or something. Wasn't a big fan of that because when the text gets small, my glasses aren't helping me very much. Um, But you have these different um, options to choose from that you cycle through with the shoulder buttons, uh, R1, R2, or whatever. Um, So you have Home, and the Home screen has three different panes of context-based links. Uh, whether it's about pre-orders or whatever. And then it has a link to access your crates, which is something we could talk about the way the loot system is going to work. Um, Then you have the play option, which is the main one that you're going to be using. Um, Come back to that momentarily. Um, Past play, you also have collection, which is where you can do your customization. Um, And then you also have uh, your career page, which is going to tell you, oddly enough, it doesn't really give you the same kind of career information you would expect, at least not in the beta. It tells you what level you are up to the level cap of 10, but then you have access to uh, challenges and what your progress is on those challenges. There are time challenges, and the amount of them varies. And at least in the beta, there are eight trooper challenges, 10 starfighter challenges, three multiplayer challenges, and three arcade challenges. And you've got an options page to do your configuration and all. uh, And then pre-order is an option at the very end. That then goes in and, you know, obviously with pre-order, it, it's advertised in the different types, the regular type plus the uh, Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition. And I guess um, before we dig into the specifics of any of those particular areas, just as a reminder, if you decide to get the Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition, it is $20 more. Uh, the digital version is apparently the same thing as the physical version in this case. So the tro- Elite Trooper Digital Deluxe Edition is the Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition. Only difference is that on PSN, you get a PlayStation theme out of pre-ordering either this or the regular version. Uh, does not appear to be the case for um, PC or Xbox One. Um, but the Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition gives you the Elite Officer Upgrade Pack, which gives you an enhanced grip modification for the Blurg 1120 and the Battle Command Epic Ability. Uh There is the heavy metal upgrade pack for the heavy trooper, that's going to be a barrel vent or a mega blaster plus barrel vent modification for the FWMB-10, and the personal shield epic ability. For the, uh, uh, let's see, you get the armored assault upgrade pack, which is for the assault class. Uh, You have the uh, CR2 and a trigger modification, or the CR2 plus trigger modification. You get the grenade epic ability. And then the Master Specialist Upgrade Pack, which is going to have the A280-CFE plus scope modification and a laser trip mine epic ability. Uh, you also get access to the Elite Trooper Edition, assuming they send your codes and stuff when they're supposed to, mm-hmm. um, of early access to the game itself. I wonder how exactly that's going to work on physical copies. Are they going to ship it so it arrives three days early or what? I, it it kind of makes me wonder. Um, but that's the epic Trooper pack. So just a, a regular version will not get you the uh, early access, nor get you those elite upgrades and such. We'll talk about how upgrades work momentarily. Uh, but all pre-orders at this point get uh, the exclusive Battlefront 2: The Last Jedi Heroes pack, which includes uh, themed looks, costumes, basically for Kylo Ren and Rey. Uh, one epic ability modifier that upgrades the Millennium Falcon to the Last Jedi version with updated sounds and look. Two epic ability modifiers for Rey that allow you to control the minds of your enemies and create confusion on the battleground. Uh, Two epic ability modifiers for Kylo Ren that allow you to freeze and pull opponents as you use the force. And one epic ability modifier for a new First Order hero ship. Uh, There is also a pre-order bonus um, of the Yoda's Epic Lightsaber Mastery Star card. And that seems to be the only one of the pre-order bonuses, except for just early access to the beta, which now doesn't matter anymore, um, that has a time stamp on it. If you have not gotten your pre-order in by October 9th, you won't get Yoda's Epic Lightsaber Mastery Star card. But the other pre-order bonuses you should still get. So there's a couple different versions to choose from. Um, No apparent difference between digital and physical except for a PlayStation theme. Um, And otherwise you can just kind of you know, dive right in, and as we'll see, the idea of having those star card modifiers from the elite trooper version, um, it's nice, and it plays into the way that the customization works. But it's not going to put those who don't get it at a supreme disadvantage, from what I can tell. Um, Michael, so what edition before we delve into what the different play modes are and such? What edition did you wind up uh, pre-ordering? Was it the elite trooper one?
0: Yeah, I bought the expensive one.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one, of course. Um, okay, so play modes, and and I'm trying to sort of take a lead here. Michael hasn't been feeling well, so so hopefully he'll be he'll be feeling better as he listens to my soothing soothing voice. I, I'm sort of like the Morgan Freeman of the show this time. Uh, no, that's probably bad. <laughs> All right, so play mode. You go to the play mode. You have three options. You have campaign. And unfortunately, campaign in the beta is just a preview that's basically a cutscene with a little bit of, uh, you know, coming soon type stuff attached to the end of it. So there is no campaign option in the beta, uh, unsurprisingly. Then you have multiplayer, which is the multiplayer component, duh, and arcade. Arcade is your single player and co-op mode, which includes split screen co-op. Um Inside we'll start with arcade mode because it's the simplest Uh, inside the arcade mode you have the options for solo or co-op there is a section for versus head to head play but it is not available in the beta so just solo or co-op when you go into either of those two you have a battle scenarios option that's available in the beta. Custom Arcade, where you can set your own parameters, which was not available in the beta, and the Solo choices also include a Tutorial, which again, not available in the beta. Uh, under those battle scenarios, you have to choose Light Side or Dark Side. Only the Dark Side choice is available in the beta. When you go to the Dark Side battle scenarios, there are eight that are listed, two of which were available in the beta. Uh, one of them is Wipe Them Out, in which you play as Darth Maul. And you're cutting down clone troopers, and everyone you cut down adds to your timer of time that's left. And You have to basically kill a certain number before the time runs out.
0: Is that canon? And then
1: you. Say what?
0: Is that canon?
1: No, I think that. It, <laughs> I, and we were talking about this. Uh, uh, me and uh, Jim Perry were talking about this while we were talking over the live stream the other day. That it seems like, from a canonical standpoint, the story will be, but everything else, it just kind of will just do whatever the heck we want. Um. So you have that one with Darth Maul, which gets you to play as a hero but does not count towards any of the play as a hero requirements for some of the time challenges, dang it. Um, And then you have a scenario called Roger Roger where you play as any of the four different classes of uh, battle droids, and you have to kill a certain number of clone troopers. I want to say it's like 70 or 75 before they can kill that many of of your side. Um, Each of the challenges seems to have three different tiers – um, that you can do of varying difficulties, but only the first tier version of just wipe them out and Roger Roger um, were available in the beta. Uh, Michael, did you try out any of the arcade mode stuff or did you just go straight up multiplayer? Yeah, I in went the straight multiplayer. <laughs> you didn't want to play any of the solo stuff and see if they actually had any substance?
0: I was I was going to, just not right away. I mean, I you know, first thing I wanted to do was dive in and do the multiplayer stuff. I've I've still got days left.
1: You you're walking in with that. How they gonna screw this up, aren't you?
0: No, no. I no? I was. Hey, you know the the first thing I did in multiplayer.
1: Died. No, straight up <laughs> killed Darth Maul. Ooh, wow. So so they got. Now you will have unrealistically high expectations for every other play state uh, play session that you do. Awesome. Um, so for what it's worth, I felt that arcade was all right. Um, it's nice that the scenarios have varying requirements. It's not just basically jump in and here's the same game modes that you got in the main game. You're just playing by yourself, supposedly, and I have not seen how this is going to work, but supposedly you're going to be able to earn stuff and unlock things in the arcade, just like you would in multiplayer or in a similar type to multiplayer. But I haven't seen any specifics. I'm praying that it's not going to be like the last game. Because the original Battlefront, you could do these different single-player or co-op scenarios, and each one had a certain, you know, like maybe five stars worth of stuff you could earn. And if you got that star by completing that requirement, you got the reward, but you could only ever do it once. So after you did a really good run through a single-player mission, there was absolutely no point to ever go back to it. And the single-player stuff felt really tacked on, and like it wasn't really going to do you much good to ever even bother to play it. Um, which was unfortunate. Arcade seems a little more beefed up. Maybe it's going to give us the ability to maybe earn some crates, but I don't know. There's, it's not clear based on the beta what exactly it is that we're going to be able to, to get. Um, all right, so the other big section, uh, we'll talk about customization of the Star Cards as we go along, but uh, you're going to be doing most of your customization to get ready for multiplayer, so let's hit multiplayer. Uh, multiplayer is only going to have at launch five modes in Battlefront 2. Three of which were available in the beta, two of which were not. The two that weren't, thankfully, are ones that we kind of already know what to expect. Heroes vs. Villains and Blast, which is basically Team Deathmatch. Both of them existed in the previous Battlefront. Probably nothing new to see there except some tweaks to the mechanics. The three modes that were available uh, are Galactic Assault. Starfighter Assault, and Strike. And if I remember correctly, Galactic Assault is 20 on 20. Uh, Starfighter Assault is 12 on 12. And Strike, I believe, was 8 on 8, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but basically a giant infantry mode, a space mode, and a smaller infantry-based mode. Uh, so, Galactic Assault. Uh, Michael, first impressions of Galactic Assault?
0: I liked when I got to kill stuff as... People that were already set up and my star cards were more than just like oh look you get um this cooldown you know you cool down faster yay
1: so you like the fact that the star cards actually were more varied this time I guess. well
0: yeah i mean like for instance and of course this because these are uh like loadouts for the beta <clears throat> that may not be exactly so, for instance, the uh, I'm trying to think of what the the heavy like. We'll go with the heavy, right? Like, what his loadout is right now may not be the stock loadout uh, in in the actual game itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they may go, oh no, you have to earn that stuff later, um, and that that might stink depending on how mo- you know what some of that other stuff is or whatever. But you know, my expectations from, from this, um, it's pretty cool that, you know, like I said, the, um, the heavy gets the, uh, the Z six rotary cannon, uh, which uh, great combo is, uh, what I would do is I would walk out there with the Z six, just mow everybody down and then immediately hit that shield. Uh, because by that time, everybody's like, Oh, that guy, let's uh, let's focus yeah. our fire on him. And I'm like, whoops, I've taken some hits. Let me uh, let me put the shield on and then try to back into cover. Um, so that's a nice little combo. And then his other, I'm trying to think of what his his other um, uh, little star card thing was. but I'm, it's, He starts with just a grenade. Oh, yeah, yeah, just kind. a grenade. Yeah, okay. So, a basic grenade.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, everybody needs a grenade. There you go. So so this this Galactic Assault mode, we're only seeing one version of it. Every one of the modes that we could try out is just one scenario, and there's going to be multiple places and scenarios and such for each category, so it's hard to really judge the broad strokes. Um, but Galactic Assault is objective-based, but it's not like a generic objective, at least not from what I'm seeing. Like it's not just go get control point A. Now go get control point B. Now C, which is kind of dull after a while. The way that it's set up here, it was a battle in feed on Naboo, uh, presumably non-canonical because it's clone troopers versus battle droids on Naboo. But it's basically if you're playing as the Separatists, then you're playing as battle droids. And you're choosing one of your four classes. It's represented by battle droid in this cl- case. The other side, it's you know clone troopers. Um, each side, as you kill things and as you complete objectives, as you do damage to enemies, you get battle points. And as you play, whenever it's time to respawn, you can respawn by spending battle points not on yourself – uh, but to come out as um, an aerial trooper or to come out as a tank or to come out as a gunship hovering over the battlefield blasting down or if you get a crap ton 5 battle points um you can actually come back as one of the heroes that are available and uh right now at least in the beta you've got uh, boba fett and darth maul available for the dark side and for the light side you get han solo and ray um but if you're a se- the Separatist, you are escorting your MTT, your troop carrier vehicle, to the front of the palace at first. So the idea is that you've got to get it there without the other side killing enough of your side to whittle down your number of reinforcements to zero. Because this is a game that doesn't seem to have time limits. Instead, it's number of reinforcements akin to the old Battlefront or Eve Valkyries modes. Um, so if, if you're the Republic, you're trying to stop the mtt from getting there and kill as many battle droids as possible and you can either i guess take out the mtt which i never saw done uh, or you can take out enough of the reinforcements that it just ends it because the battle droids don't have any new battle droids to spawn and you win if the mtt is able to actually get to the palace it blasts its way through the front and it seamlessly moves into the next phase without any kind of loading screen or anything where you go straight into the palace and you're fighting to control um couple of access points, and if those access points fall, you're trying to control the control room, so it becomes um, similar to different modes um, like sabotage and whatnot in the original Battlefront, where you got these different requirements of places to hold and things to do, and then when, when it progresses from one point to another, you know, you got a new place, a new area to hold, and so on, um, but I like the fact that we've got this multi-phase type of battle, and... It just it struck me as as kind of cool that it didn't feel like there there was a lot of of separation between the phases, you know. Like a lot of the battles that we saw that had multiple phases in the original Battlefront, uh, whether they were actually changing location or not, sometimes would give us a loading screen that would kind of take us out of the action. Um, so I thought it was I thought it was was Decent. I don't feel like it's necessarily a balanced mode if you're trying to get to five thousand battle points to get a hero, because it's way easier to do that as the Republic than it is as a Separatist right now. <laughs> um, but I thought it was pretty cool to see the uh, the multiple uh, steps in this scenario, and it certainly, from an in-universe standpoint, kind of made sense that you would have, you know, the Separatists trying to get in, and if they get in, they got to hold certain points. Thematically, it seemed to 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 not feel quite as generic as some of the scenarios we saw with the first Battlefront.
0: Right, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, which I don't want <clears throat> to bash on all of the scenarios from the first Battlefront. I mean, some of it was annoying, of course, but um, there were things that I thought were good. It's, uh, like I've said before, I just had issues with how uh, anemic it felt. But, you know, one thing that I think is a lot of fun, too, <clears throat> with this one, and and it may just be the, you know, bringing back the, the battle droids that it, you're... you're it's a little easier to do that, I suppose, but um, it absolutely cranked me or cranked me up, pfft, cracked me up when I uh, hit that Z6 rotary with the. Well, I guess it's not the Z6 on that one, but anyhow, the, the rotary cannon with the battle droid, and he just yells, uh, "Victory mode activate!" That was fantastic. Whoever thought that up is a flipping genius.
1: Yeah, the audio, the, the voice acting and the different audio clips that are used work. Uh, it, they felt like they, they fit dynamically what you were doing instead of being just sort of the random things where you hear the same thing said over and over again in the same match under different circumstances. And they're just kind of on a loop. Um, so you get that mode. That's Galactic mm. Assault. And then the other one that's Infantry is Strike, which is a smaller one. The one in the beta is on Takodana, And it's similar to the multi-phase type of thing that we got with the Scarif update Uh, And DLC uh, for the original Battlefront in that there is an item, an artifact, it's basically a container that's got Anakin slash Luke slash future Ray's lightsaber in it, um, that the First Order is trying to steal and get to an an exit point, whereas the Resistance is trying to stop that from happening. So you're battling in and around Maz's castle, um, and in that case… I guess because it's not Galactic Assault, it's not the bigger mode, your options are a little bit different when it comes to the different types of uh, support you can become on respawn and spending your battle points. So you could be an Enforcer, which is like a Wookiee or a Flame Trooper, and you could be a Trooper with a Jetpack, which the only way to get that right now is through um, being a support um, respawn. But there weren't any heroes that were available for that mode within the beta, which is kind of – Kind of frustrating, but I think it's probably kind of telling. It may mean that there are going to be modes where heroes just are not applicable at all in the final game. Um, I thought that was pretty fun. I liked the Kodana, uh area. It really felt a lot like um, kind of a a mix mash of the Scarif and uh, Indoor map type scenarios that we had back in uh, in the original Battlefront. So it didn't feel quite as unique as fighting in Thied. Um, But I thought that was a pretty solid game mode. And that was First Order versus Resistance so you could sort of tell how the different eras are going to be able to handle each side in the classes without really the gameplay changing up but changing the aesthetics of it to make it look like a different era. I thought that was, that was a pretty fun when I didn't play it as much as uh, I played Galactic Assault. But it was fun.
0: Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't hit that yet. So I, I plan to hit that uh, next as well as probably what we're about to talk about next as well.
1: The only thing about Strike that got me was uh, I mean, I having played, a, and the graphics on this game, uh, it looks very nice. It sounds nice, and you see the cutscenes and such for the the campaign mode, and they look very lifelike. I wouldn't say it's necessarily up to Uncharted 4, A Thief's End kind of standards of visuals, but it's getting there. It's very strong. Um, But then you're on Tikodana and you're running around in the lake outside of Maz's castle and the water isn't moving around your feet at all. There's no splashes or anything. You're just stepping through it as if the water doesn't exist. I'm wondering if they're going to change any of the physics and tweak any of that for the final game. But at this point, with it only being a month away, I doubt it. Um, The other mode, the one that I found Uh, Most intriguing, especially since I've recently uh, jumped heavily back into EVE Valkyrie with the Warzone, the free Warzone update that now makes it uh, playable in VR or 2D, uh, is Starfighter Assault, which got a pretty heavy overhaul. Um, On the previous game, Starfighter Assault or Fighter Squadron was basically just team deathmatch in ships uh, unless you were playing ships as part of – what's that?
0: Team deathmatch in four ships. Yeah, the okay, same. So team death
1: mass in almost four, in, in ships. four ships plus <laughs> a couple of heroes, um, or crappy cloud cars. Um, but you also, though, did have some scenarios like the beginning of the of scenario, um, where you're going down to steal the Death Star plans, where you would actually start fighting near the shield gate above the planet, so it was a Starfighter-type scenario, but kind of limited, which led to other ones. Um, now what we have apparently is a Starfighter assault mode. In this case, there was one at, at Fondor, the Fondor shipyards, and it's sort of a multi-phase type of battle where it's not just about killing the other side. You have different parts of the uh, shield generator to destroy. You have different things to protect. You have uh, capital ships or at least bigger ships that are coming in um, to assist you that you have to protect. Um, I felt and, and they've refined a few things. Like, for instance, they've refined the way that lock-on works to a degree, uh, and they now do what Eve Valkyrie does which is when you're aiming at a, at a starfighter that you're attacking, yes, there's a little marker on the ship that, that's sort of identifying it and showing you what you're connected to or locked on to if you're trying to fire a missile or something, but there's a circle that sort of flies out in front of it, and that's your leading target. Basically, you shoot at that because by the time your blasts get there, that's when that's where the ship will actually be, which I thought was a, a nice uh, improvement to the gameplay. Um, starfighter Assault feels like it's it's... Pretty beefed up. We've got three different ship types, Interceptor, Fighter, and Bomber. Uh, right now, we've got two hero ships um, for either side. Uh, they're significantly less costly than getting a hero in Galactic Assault. You have uh, Maul's Scimitar, the Sith Infiltrator, and Boba Fett's Slave One, which I had a chance to fly. And you got Han's Falcon, as opposed to, I guess, Ray's Falcon or Chewie's Falcon later, if you get the other skin. Um, and you've <laughs> got uh, Poe po Dameron's uh, T-70 X-Wing. So... Yeah, you know, a little more robust Starfighter assault than anything we saw. I think back in the previous one was this where your focus lay outside of Galactic Assault, then?
0: Yeah, that's. I'm probably gonna play this before Strike. Okay, I'm gonna play this before Strike. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited about this one, and I um, I, I really want to see what they do. And you know, from from what I've seen on it, it looks really good. And from what you're saying, it. Sounds like uh, it. It definitely holds up. Uh, I love that that uh, that Sith infiltrator can actually go invisible. I, I thought that was pretty cool.
1: An actual cloaking ship, um, which but, is not something we've seen in the game before. Uh, in fact, uh, it's not something you see a lot in fighting flying games anyway, because of the uh, the benefit it gives. Eve Valkyrie again making that that comparison just added one stealth ship to its thirteen ship lineup recently. Um, and even then, there's a lot of that's just too overpowered. So we'll see how people react to the uh, scimitar <laughs> once, once um you get a chance to get a little bit more into Battlefront 2 here. Um, now, in getting ready to fight in that mode, um you're able to do customization, and right now they've said that basically the customization options are gonna be um a little bit different in the final game. In fact, they're already different from what they were in the alpha that they did back, and I guess it was the EA Play or whatever it was, event that we talked about. So, um, we go into the customization screen or the collection screen, and we can customize the four class types, assault heavy officer and specialist. Keep in mind that when you customize one of them, you're customizing it across the board. So it's not like you're customizing your battle droid assault versus your um, assault class for the clone troopers versus resistance or whatever. All the different era or sides are all just boiled down to the four classes that you that you uh, customize you can also customize four of the support types not in the beta but it shows you that you will be able to at launch which are the enforcer aerial gunship and ground vehicle um, support types and we can customize the three starfighter types the interceptor the bomber and the fighter to some degree along with our heroes Um, as i mentioned in the beta you got eight heroes to customize you got Four for each side, two of which are individuals, two of which are ships. So Han Solo, Rey, Boba Fett, Darth Maul, Hans Falcon, Maul Scimitar, Boba Fett Slave One, and Poe's T-70 X-Wing. So different things you can customize. Um, for each class, um, you can customize up to three different star cards with, for, to go into action with those cards active. Um, You have one star card slot that's automatically unlocked when you start playing as that class. There's another slot that unlocks at level 5, another unlocks at level 10, at least in the beta. Uh, And yes, you are leveling up your classes separately than leveling up yourself. Um, Of these star cards you can choose, uh, there are what are called boost cards, which just give some kind of advantage, like uh, cooldowns are faster or something like that. Or you can choose ones that are ability replacements. Um, there are three of each type right now in the beta per category of boost or ability replacement. And ability replacement does exactly what it sounds like. It replaces one of your three main abilities, either your R1, R2, or sorry, R1, L1, or both ability. Um, like, for instance, replacing the the Gatling gun type of weapon for the heavy with one that fires um, explosive rounds, uh, but at a slower rate, that kind of thing. Um and each of those cards have four different levels. You have Common, Uncommon, Rare, and Epic, which are indicated by one to four little marks up at the top. And it looks like if you already have one and you get one from a supply crate, it looks like it gives you the next upgrade to that, basically. Um, so you can just pick and choose. Some of them will replace your abilities, some not. But right now, at least in the beta, it's three that you could possibly acquire and use for boosts three, four abilities, and they are different across classes. So the ability to have a Gatling gun type thing that is firing explosive rounds is only for heavy. You won't be able to get that for specialist or for officer or for assault. It's got to be for that one particular class. Um, Each class has a regular weapon that you automatically get, and then each one also has one that can be unlocked. Uh, A lot of the stuff I'm mentioning about being unlocked, you can unlock either, especially with the weapons, through getting a star card in a crate, or by paying um, uh, this new uh, 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 modification upgrade, uh, I forget what it's called, Um, but it's another type of currency that's basically your customization currency. Um, Each class also has two emotes, uh, or, or up to two emotes that you can have equipped at any given time, but you have to unlock those as well. None are initially unlocked in the beta, but there are 11 to choose from for each class. Uh, each class has three different victory poses, which only show up if you're one of the MVPs on the final screen, where instead of showing your like your PSN icon, your uh, a personal icon, instead it's going to show that pose with your name. Um, initially, one of those is unlocked. Two of those can be unlocked. So there's a total of three. Um, the support customizations for the support cards, those are star cards only, again, up to three total, but they're not available in the beta, so we can't say much about them. Uh, Ship customizations, um, all-star cards, again, up to three. Um, They all appear to be boosts rather than ability replacements. So you're not replacing your ship's different abilities, um, just giving some benefit to it like faster cooldowns or whatever. Um, And you have a – it looks like there's going to be six boosts that you can acquire per ship type, and they vary by ship type. For heroes, you can customize with up to three star cards from a set of six, all of which are boosts, not ability replacements. Again, you got to earn those, though, or unlock them. Um, you can get up to two emotes, but there's only two emotes to choose from that you have to unlock. So basically you unlock both. You can have two emotes to choose from with the right or left uh, D-pad button. And you can choose from up to three different victory poses. Again, you got one that's available, one that's not. And you also have the ability to change basically your skins. So, for instance, you got the Rey Last Jedi version, or you can have the Rey version where she's a scavenger on Jakku. Um, eventually, we'll see the same type of thing, apparently, with, like, the Melanin Falcon being able to be Han's version or the uh, the sequel trilogy version that's got the other dish and so on. Uh, there are no weapon choices to choose from for the heroes. Whatever weapons they come with are the weapons that you've got. Um, and then hero ships um, looks like they're the same kind of thing. You have a star card customization of, of up to three um, but that wasn't available in the beta, so there was no way to actually see what you could do. And all this stuff, all these star cards, are not things that you necessarily automatically earn by doing something. You earn crates, these boxes of stuff. Um, there's a founder's crate. There's a daily crate. Every time you log in, you get a crate. Uh, and then you can purchase crates with the credits that you earn from matches. Um, and you've got a Starfighter crate that definitely guarantees you at least one Starfighter card and two of something else. Um, all of the... All of them contain three, by the way. Uh, There's a trooper one where it guarantees you at least one trooper card, and then the other two could be anything. And then there's one called uh, Allegiance card uh, or Allegiance uh, pack, which basically gives you a definite card that's either going to be for a hero or a trooper, and then the other two can be uh, random. And uh, you you can purchase uh, the Allegiance one for 1,000 credits. The other ones are 1,100 credits each. But they're telling us that the distribution of rarity, the distribution of items, the cost of the crates, the way you get the crates, et cetera, et cetera, um, a lot of that is just set up for the beta. And we might see something different in terms of distribution for the final game. Um, And surely this is going to be one of those instances where, oh, we're going to provide a bunch of season worth of – new content for free. So we're going to make it so if you actually want crates, the fastest way to do it is to spend real money, microtransactions, though apparently we have nothing to say about that at this time (laughs) is their party line on the subject. So I guess, Michael, what do you think of the customization so far? What do you think of the idea of the way they're using the supply crates Um, and the possibility of microtransactions? Because that's really where the, the the, the the variability within this game seems to be coming from is this customization
0: right i mean i like like i said earlier you know i think that they definitely did it m- much better than last time last time it was more of like an idea than a you know i think the whole star card thing is it's fine as long as what you actually care about what the cards are um so that i like you know of course i'm not real big on uh microtransactions I think microtransactions should be limited to like oh you can buy this nice little costume or that one or whatever give us a dollar you know stuff like that um because I mean you know we've, we've paid enough on <laughs> on battlefront games at this point so
1: I'm curious because there's already the hubbub of um the two big hubbubs right now on the uh Ah, uh, the forum the, that's really just one forum right now on EA is the heroes are too weak. Buff them up because their abilities are cool, but they die pretty quickly, uh, and they're incredibly expensive to get your hands on, especially in a galactic assault. Um, but the other one is oh my god, microtransactions, pay to win, and in essence, you're paying to speed up. You're you're paying to get access to star cards and and whatnot faster, which is true, um, and crafting materials. That's what is crafting materials was the other currency. Um, And there is a currency, by the way, in the beta. You have a thing that tells you how much crafting materials you got. You got a thing that tells you how much credits you got. And you got one that everybody has sitting there at zero that they haven't explained. I bet you money that's the real money currency for microtransactions. Um, But it's the idea that, well, if any of these star cards are at all a a boost enough or a special ability that's strong enough that it's actually going to affect – how likely it is that you're going to be able to win, then in essence, it could be seen as a pay-to-win thing. But I don't feel like so far, I mean, I've got quite a few upgrade cards, got a few star cards from the different packs, uh, including some that are higher level. I mean, they're not like epic or anything like that, but I've got some twos and threes out of four. And it just doesn't seem to me like any of them are game-breaking in terms of, you know, if you've got this, you're going to win. If you don't, you're not. I mean, even something like, the shield ability that the heavy has, which may be able to have a star card upgraded as far as I know. I haven't seen anything that would. But, you know, you activate that shield, and it's basically a shield over your upper body. They can still shoot you in the legs. They can still shoot you from behind or any other direction. Yep. It doesn't really feel like there's any game-breaking, overly overpowered star card abilities or just abilities in general in the game, yet it feels fairly balanced, at least in the beta. Do you? Did you see anything that felt like it could lean towards the pay-to-win side as opposed to just pay to speed things up?
0: Uh, no, I mean, n- nothing so far, you know, and um, like I said, I, I feel like they- they've they got a good balance going so far. Uh, you know, one other thing I, I wanted to bring up, uh, it's a-, a little off topic, but not too far, uh, is the officer. You know, I, I really like, because of course you have uh, the four classes, the specialist the is it just the assault is that what the main little dude is called
1: yeah they're just called assault which it's I, surely they could have come up with a better name than just he's an assault trooper aren't they all
0: yeah it's whatever i mean i don't care for it but it's not the like it's not a big deal um so there's that let's see what do we have the uh heavy and then of course the officer, and. Not many people are playing the officer, and granted, you really shouldn't have a whole bunch of people playing the officer. But um, that's one that I think people are overlooking how awesome that uh, you know that character is. I mean, wh- what do you think of it?
1: You know, I am not a big fan of the officer. Really? Um, okay. I his abilities, and I actually just ran with an officer for one of the scenarios for a uh, arcade where it's one of those challenges you can do, kill, an up, kill X number of characters as the officer in it. Um, he tends to not have particularly rapid-firing weapons, so it's uh, it's like a one-shot per trigger pull or maybe a slight burst, but that's about it. Um, his abilities tend to be very support-based, although he does have a turret that he can lay down. Right, right. Uh, which is particularly powerful. But his other abilities, even his grenade, from what I could tell, it looks like it's like a, a spreading-out flashbang because it doesn't actually kill the enemy. You throw it, and then once it's down, you have to click the button again to cause it to explode into smaller pieces, and then those smaller pieces explode, kind of like flashbangs, and disorient the troopers that are around it. Um, so I think as as a support character, it's great, but I'm not sure that that would ever be one that I'm running with as my primary. My primaries are either probably going to wind up being heavy, which tends to be what I'm focusing on now.
0: Right. Yeah. Heavy um, or
1: pretty. or the specialist. But that just goes back to what you know. my gameplay style was within the other Battlefront. It was that – either sort of a, a rapid-fire, get-up-close type of thing, um, or it was a have-a-decent-long-range weapon and attack from long range, which is what those two specialize in. Um, they, they at least, though, feel I, – I mean, I'll give this to them. The big thing that we complained or one of the things we complained about about the original Battlefront was the blasters didn't feel any different from each other most of the time. Right. Um and your star cards of being available to all um, led to some interesting loadouts, but some of the more useful stuff like the jetpack everybody would tend to load up with most of the time. So one of your star cards is already gone from that and so forth. Um, it does feel like the, the weapons feel different. The classes feel like they really do play differently enough to make a difference. And I think a lot of that comes back to the fact that you really only have the two weapons to choose from. At least in the beta, two weapons to choose from for each. If you've unlocked the second one, and you can customize those with up to three slots. Um, but even then, those, you know, those types of weapons, you know, you don't see the same weapon then available for another class. There's no crossover, it seems like, with the weapon types. Um, and there doesn't seem to be much, if anything, in the way of crossover for the star cards either. They are all ex- seem to be exclusive to their particular classes. Right. Um, so it's like the exact opposite of what they did before. Before it was pick whoever you want, whatever look you want, grab whatever star cards and blaster you want, and just go. Everybody's the same. You're all pulling from the same pool of stuff. What do you think about this idea that not only do the classes play differently, like the officer, but the fact that the star cards and the weapon types – are linked to the class, so like for instance, you couldn't play an officer, but supplement that with having a Gatling gun type of primary, no, or, a, I, or a, an automatic fire primary. No,
0: I I love it because I I mean it's kind of like a, a like a role playing game or whatever. You know, it's like I'm gonna be the the healer, the cleric, and it's like now give me that big sword. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I yeah, like that. There's a role that they of, play. Yeah.
1: It's like the original Battlefront, right? I mean, you've got classes now. Yeah. Um. Again, I to make that com- that comparison, playing uh, Valkyrie so much lately. Um, for a while there, theirs was a their, to some degree it was similar to the original Battlefront in the way that you would upgrade. But in doing the Warzone update, they've completely changed the way that the system of ships works in that game, and you actually have ships that are sort of in their class. The equivalent of, okay, this one's weapons, it's kind of like if this is a first-person shooter, this would be your assault rifle, this would be your sniper rifle, this would be your shotgun, this would be your SMG. Because that's the way that they play in terms of the distance, in terms of how rep- uh, rapidly they fire and that sort of thing. Um, I do think that's going to be something that makes a difference um, in the grand scheme. I think there will be some complaints ahead of time, like, why can't I use this star card on this other character? You know, Why am I getting only star cards on the class I don't ever play? That's bull kind of thing. Um But I think as long as they've got the ability, for instance, with the weapons, like if I wanted to get the second different weapon that you could have for a specialist, uh, a different type of sniper weapon, which I think is is akin to one that we saw in row one, um, if I want that and I don't have a star card for it yet and don't see that popping up in the crates, I can spend some of that crafting uh, currency that I've got to be able to unlock it by choice. I do like the fact that at least in some things – The randomness of the star cards are balanced by the fact that you do have an ability to choose once you have enough of the crafting material. And I do think, and and this is my perception of it, it seems as though you're not getting duplicates of star cards, except in cases where it's a duplicate of one that you already have a lower level of. So by getting that duplicate, it's upping the level of that card. Um, So it seems as though duplicates are not going to be a huge thing. Uh, to actually worry about that anytime you get a crate, what's going to be inside is actually going to be useful at some point rather than being completely redundant, which is a big issue right now with the way that the drops from resource capsules are in any in any Valkyrie. Um, so, you, I mean, random drops, but at least you get to choose to make sure that one is for a trooper, one is for a trooper or hero, or one is for a starfighter depending on which of the types of crates you buy. Good enough? Should we be able to to pick and choose a little bit more? what do you think? I mean, you could wind up playing as the officer and have all of your star cards wind up being for the other three classes for all you know. I mean, that's fine because I, I don't think that's gonna be the
0: the case um uh, completely, but the thing is that you know go go play one of those other classes sometimes. don't don't be so vanilla.
1: I see how it is. (laughs) I happen to love vanilla. Um, So, okay, so heroes. That's the other big complaint right now is this idea that heroes need to be buffed or heroes need to cost less. Um, If you want to play as Darth Maul, for instance, it's 5,000 credits. I've actually played – I have played not – except for arcade. I haven't played as Maul yet. I haven't played as Boba Fett yet. I did get to play as Han. I did get to play as Rey a couple of times um, in Galactic Assault. It does take a while to earn 5,000 uh, for me, I mean, the only way that I could actually manage to get it, uh, to get access to a hero on that particular mode, and I did get to play as Slave One in um, Starfighter Assault once. But you basically, if you're the the Republic side, grab the Ion weapon, blast the MTT, be a heavy, switch to your Gatling gun or your explosive shells, whichever one you got active, and blast the crap out of it. And you can get almost a thousand out of every time of doing that and hopefully eventually get enough that by the second phase, you can actually run around as a hero. Um, but they are pretty expensive, and as you pointed out, the first thing you did when you got in the game was you killed Darth Maul. Um, they are not nearly as sturdy as Wait, heroes are you saying I'm not good? Were. No, I'm just saying that you just didn't, you know, uh, you it jumped in and immediately like killed him. Sounds like you're saying he didn't didn't, I'm you not first. good. Yeah, he didn't kill you first. Um, hmm, but no, I'm so hearing that I'm not good. Should the, should the heroes... They already have strong abilities, although they're not super overpowering, though the lightsaber kills tend to be one-hit-kill type of propositions, of but uh, you have to be very close to be able to do it. Um, in the original Battlefront, it was like the heroes weren't just more skilled in their weapons. They were basically blaster sponges, and it took longer to kill them. So right. they weren't mortal in the sense of the regular infantry. On the other hand, in this game, they feel much more mortal because they can take much less – they still take more hits than a tr- than a regular character does. But not nearly as much as it would have in the original Battlefront. They are more mortal, and their abilities are a little more subdued, even though they are still pretty cool and certainly uh, above what you can get out of the classes. What do you think about the heroes? Do we need to see a change in the heroes before the final game comes out? Or are the heroes fine as they are? And have you had a chance to play as any of them? Uh,
0: So I haven't played as any of them yet. Um, But I I did notice that they do seem to go down. Uh, Maybe not... Quickly, but at least, you know, quicker than, uh, in, in the, uh, bat- the first Battlefront game from EA. But here's the thing I, I do recall that one of the things that they were really good about with the last Battlefront game was constantly, you know, buffing and nerfing the, uh, the heroes and villains. So if, if this stuff needs to be done, they will, they'll notice it and they will, uh, you know, they'll fix that.
1: Okay. Two more things I've got to throw out here. Uh, and then we'll just see if there's anything else we want to add to it before we wrap things up. Cause really this episode is just designed to be impressions. Uh, and I know while Michael's feeling well, I don't want to keep him at the microphone too long because we might hear the thump <laughs> of his head just collapsing onto the
0: desk. Well, maybe, um, can, can, can an appendix burst on? W- would we know that? It might be I don't a, a know. podcast first. We, we would first. probably
1: hear your scream. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, though, that reminds me of the, uh, the the Weird Al song about the uh, the hor- your horoscope for the day where it's, you know, laughter is the very best medicine. Remember that when you're appendix person. <laughs> um, I will. <laughs> so the, the, the other two things that stand out to me that I wanted to ask about, one is this new mechanic of basically stay with your group. Um, on your mini-map, there's the regular map, and it seems like around the little triangle that indicates you, there's a smaller octagon around you. And when you die and you respawn, before you jump back in, it takes you to a screen of up to four players who are all, I guess, respawning around the same time. And then it spawns you together if possible. And the idea is that if you stay close to that group, or I guess anybody, because I see nothing indicating what makes that group special once you're actually spawned into the game. But it's like, if any, it seems to me, because they say that if you're closer to your teammates, you get bonuses. It seems like... If you have teammates within that octagon on the mini-map, that's their way of telling you you're close enough to get some benefit. So going lone wolf or spawning with a group and then running completely in the opposite direction of the group is discouraged. I guess the idea is they're trying to encourage people to play together even if they're not on mic or in a, a squad. And no, the beta did not allow uh, you know regular party and squad grouping. That's not going to happen until the, the real deal. Um what do you think of that? This idea that they're trying to get you to work together in a smaller group and they're actually giving bonus uh, points, battle points, based on playing close to teammates. Is that a good idea or is it constraining your play style?
0: No, um, I, think, I think that's a good idea. Um, I don't know necessarily that it's working. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, But every time, you know, when we would start in the game uh, with my little squad or whatever, it would be like pulling a glass off of a bunch of spiders, you know, like they would just scurry off whichever way. And I'm like. All right, so uh, we're not sticking
1: together. Cool, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Later, guys, bye. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was very effective in it, but they also haven't communicated it very well Right. Um, within right. the beta. So I'm thinking that this is going to be... like It reminds me of when the beta was uh, was released for Battlefront 1, and we were all trying to do walker assault, and nobody had ever done the tutorial of how to actually bring down a walker. Um, so it was all kind of hit or miss and guesswork to finally figure out how to actually pull it off within the game, Um, and and what you were supposed to do um, to make it happen, but then once the final game was out, that was one of the items in the tutorial section. So I'm hoping that stuff like that, those more nuanced mechanics, or the fact that just, you know, how to read the stuff at the top of the screen in your match and know what the hell it says. You know, Mm -hmm. it's got my face. It's got a blue thing with a soldier and a number. What is that? It's got a red thing with a soldier and a number. What is that? It's a target with a number. That's a percentage. What is that? What are these dots underneath it? Um, that they give you a way to sort of explain at some point what that information is that's being relayed and how you're supposed to do things so that it's an easier point of entry if somebody actually bothers with the tutorial. Because, you know, instruction manuals are basically a thing of the past at this point. But at no point did I ever see an explanation about any of it. Right. Uh, Last thing I wanted to bring up was this idea that we already have people griping, again. What?! um, Yet people are griping, again. No. Um, why can't I just jump in a ship while I'm on the ground and fly up to a capital ship and jump in? Why are like galactic assault and starfighter assault in such separate modes instead of having that ability to seamlessly go, betw- seamlessly go between the different locations and stuff like in earlier battlefronts? Um, and it comes down to this idea that instead of picking up a power-up to get a ship or a power-up to get you know a rocket launcher whatever it might be, you're sp- you're getting battle points for what you do and then spending them on what you want. And what you can spend it on could be something like uh, an ATRT. I think it's I think it might be an ATRT. Maybe I'm remembering the wrong thing, but the little walker thing, the little one clone walker. Um, you can get yourself a, you know, a separatist tank. You can get yourself a jetpack trooper for t- for one life. Um, you can get yourself a hero if you have enough points, that sort of thing. Um, that still It's not that you're just seamlessly able to just grab this stuff on the battlefield and go, but you're able to have more choice in it and it's not just random power-ups that you pick up. You actually have to basically earn the things that you get and then have some choice in it. I personally think that is a fantastic updated way of dealing with the power-up type spawns that we have. Uh, Certainly a more fair way to do it that's based on skill rather than completely random than what we got with Battlefront 1. But people are already complaining. So what do you think about the way the support system works as of right now, whether it's in terms of getting heroes, getting other characters, getting vehicles, the battle points in general? What do you think? This is a very new thing um, for players who just played Battlefront 1.
0: Yeah, I mean it's I like it much better than being like, ooh, there's a, a little ship token. Let me run over to it. And then the last second someone comes out of my peripheral and snags it. I'm like, ah. So yeah, that's I'm I'm totally
1: fine with that. Now I will say though, I did have a chance to fly in the gunship and in a is it a V-wing maybe? I think um, it's a V-wing, yeah. In a in Galactic Assault, and I was not impressed because the the gunship basically circles overhead and lets you fire down, but you can't really see anything on the ground. You're just kind of randomly firing. Um, which reminded me a lot of the U-wing gunner seat that you could get uh, on Scarif in the original Battlefront, uh, or the original EA Battlefront. And then uh, when I was in the V-wing, it it felt like the ships still fly way too fast to be effective in Galactic Assault. Like that V-wing, you know, the MTT is vulnerable. Fly down and blast it. Zoom! Dang, I just flew over it and I completely missed it because I was going so freaking fast. Even at the absolute slowest, my ship could go. So, I feel like at least within the, my feel of it um, was that I didn't feel comfortable with the way that it was working yet in Galactic Assault, but I'm hoping they'll tweak perhaps the ship speeds and maybe make it so that, you know, if you're using the gunship as the option, maybe you can zoom in a little bit more since you don't have any control of the actual flying, you're just firing while it flies in a circle. I do think that that's some stuff that needs some definite refinement. Um, along with perhaps the cost of, of some of them. Uh, I have yet to see anything that says whether the actual costs of the support items and the amount of battle points you get for certain events, if those are actually set in stone yet. The only stuff it seems like they've definitely said is different um, is the uh, the way the star cards and upgrade crates and stuff like that are working as far as rarity and, and that sort of thing.
0: Crate like the planet?
1: Well, I was thinking create like the dragon, but neither of them,
0: <laughs> Right. actually. Um, so here's my thing. Did you play the beta for the first one?
1: Yes, I did, and I live-streamed the crap out of it, like I've been live-streaming this one.
0: Excellent. So um, do you want to kind of just overall impressions of this versus that, uh, as far as...
1: Sure, uh, yeah. sure. Um, I think that the original beta uh, for the original game did an okay job of showing us what was available um, but i i don't know i was un, i was less impressed with it than this one but i think it's because the game mechanics have been changed and updated you know i think it was the same reason i would be uh, as i would be less impressed with battlefront 1 than battlefront 2 as an overall proposition i do think that this one probably because there's only going to be 5 modes so we're getting to see basically 60% of the mode types Um, For multiplayer. Um, This one seems as though it is a lot more Mm user-friendly. And is perhaps giving us a better look at the game overall than we got with the original beta. But I remember the original beta felt very light. But it did kind of get across much of the gameplay. It's just that we hoped that there was going to be more to it (laughs) once the final game was released. Um, Whereas this one, we kind of know there will be more to it. But... The The feel is better, but I'm not, I'm not sure I could separate the idea of comparing beta versus beta okay. from comparing Battlefront 1 versus Battlefront 2 because they're such – they feel like they're different beasts. But I definitely think that if someone out there was on the fence mm-hmm. of whether or not to buy Battlefront, I'm not sure they could have made that decision based on the Battlefront 1 beta. I think we're seeing enough of this and enough of the mechanics and the way that it's going to work for Battlefront 2 uh, that somebody who's on the fence about this one probably could make the decision – intelligently on whether to buy or not based on what we're seeing. I think it's it's giving us a, a strong glimpse into the game's mechanics. It's not like the first one where it was, golly, I hope there's more to it, and you're almost gambling whether you, when you bought the game on whether there was going to be more to it. This one, I think, feels solid enough that now you can say, okay, this is what you're going to get. Either buy it or don't, but the, all the mechanics are going to kind of work similar to this, so make your choice. In that sense, it's a better beta but otherwise, I'm not sure that I could say.
0: Okay, so um, also, uh, John Boyega gave his stamp of, of approval, so this is true. Yeah, this is. I true. think, uh, I think, I think we're good. I don't even know.
1: Uh, I don't even know if we have anything else to talk about. Not really. I mean, the beta itself is fairly fairly light i mean it's light on content but it's heavy on showing you what'll be uh the other thing i would mention though is if you haven't had a chance to play the beta and this episode happens to be out before the beta's over we'll see because monday's the 9th and it ends at noon on the 9th so it kind of depends on timing here Um, but keep an eye out because if you've had a chance to play the beta um and it is open to the public uh, as of the day we're recording this the 6th um They're supposed to be, if you play it, I guess you get a founder crate or some kind of special crate when the actual full game launches, which is just one supply crate that you'll get early. There had been some talk about whether or not some of the unlocks that you unlock in the beta will carry over, and that was made even more confusing by some of the stuff in in the way that it was said on the EA website. But from what I'm understanding, they've now confirmed that no, nothing from the beta will carry over. So it's a preview, but it's not giving you anything you keep, except just getting that uh, that little supply crate. You'll be able to open that. Just is basically a hey, thanks for playing the beta. Here's one quick little freebie to whet your appetite. Now, if it's microtransactions, go spend some money. <laughs> um, and, and I'll and may I say, and this is kind of a, to 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 make again the Eve comparison. Uh, Eve Valkyrie just recently introduced with Warzone supply crates. Basically, they're called resources, uh, and you can get a gold resource item uh, with real money or you can get a silver one with just game progression Uh, the silver ones give you two to four items with no guarantee of rarity whereas the gold ones give you definitely four items and at least one item inside will be rare or epic Um, i've actually gotten some gold ones where it was four epics which was awesome which is epic so to speak Um, but again they're costing real money in the way that eve works there are so many things to unlock Ah, uh, there's all kinds of there's a ton of decals and a ton of paint jobs for the ships. But instead of doing like Battlefront is, where if there's something, you know, for like, if I want to get something for the assault class, I just get it once. I don't have to get an assault class I, a star card for Republic and for Separatists and for First Order and for Resistance and for Rebel and for Imperial. And one thing turns into six things. I've got to get. They did do that with Eve, so you could get one paint job. But to have that able to be used on all 13 of your ships, you have to get it 13 different times. Um, and they just—they really kind of screwed up the way the rarity system has worked with that. But um, I find myself actually more open having actually—I, because my birthday's coming up—I actually spent—I kid you not—I spent 40 bucks to get 50 gold resource capsules for Eve didn't even unlock half of the stuff there is to unlock. I still need 70 different helmet designs, for instance. It was insane. Um, So I won't be spending the money again on microtransactions in there because it doesn't feel like it's as much good to me. Um, The main thing I wanted was XP bonus things, and I've got plenty of those now, so screw it. I won't do it again. But Mm -hmm. if it's true, from what it seems like I'm looking at, that yes, in Battlefront 2, if you already have something, you won't get it again again except in cases where what you get actually upgrades what you have, so it's still of benefit to you, and then once it's at epic level, you wouldn't see it again. If I'm understanding the way that works better, knowing that they're, they're, they've they listened to us so much on this game uh, in terms of what they have changed, and they are going to be providing so much as free season-based kind of content, i got to say, I actually think I probably would be willing now, having played this beta, um, to actually spend money, real money, ...on things like supply crates. I would do microtransactions in this game because I feel I feel that the game itself is solid enough and I feel like their way of dealing with loot now feels like it's fair enough that, okay, I'll support you with this. I'll spend some of my money to further support this game since you're giving this other stuff free and you've done it seemingly fairly with the supply crates. And I don't think I would have said that before playing this beta. Uh, or doing that with EVE and kind of seeing how that worked within that game. I think that if I was just looking at Battlefront 1, I would have said, oh, they're going to put in microtransactions? Screw them. And I think now my my attitude is a little bit different. Um, I don't know about you. you. You very much walked into the panel. You said – Uh, thinking, are they going to screw this up for Battlefront 2 when we were at Celebration? Have they given you enough confidence with Battlefront 2 now that you think that you might even do some microtransactions, or at least that you feel like they're worthwhile for someone to do um, with their money? No. (laughs) I mean, look, I
0: I still feel kind of owed from the the previous one. So... I'm not looking to do microtransactions yet. Um we'll see what once uh, the game is actually uh once the game's actually out, I maybe singing a different tune. Um especially, you know, if they have sales. Uh I am the worst at sales. Um yeah. but currently no, I don't. Uh, my plan is to try to play this game without having to do any microtransactions. Okay, then. Sounds good. That, that not what you wanted to hear?
1: No, I just I was curious what your thoughts were. I, mm-hmm. I guess that brings up the one other thing, though. A uh, very quick question, which is, should there be some kind of bonus that if you still have a save file from the previous Battlefront game sitting on your system, that it should... Read it when you install it. Realize you have that game and give you something, not just for having played the beta, perhaps, but say, hey, you played Battlefront 1. We're sorry and give you something. Or should it be a fresh experience not tied into the last one at all?
0: No, I think we should all just forget about the first one.
1: See, I thought that you would say we were supposed to get something because you felt like you were owed. It's it's surprising. It's sometimes it's 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 impossible to predict what she's gonna what he's gonna say. Well so I mean
0: I I do feel owed, but I also really want to forget about it. So <laughs>
1: it's a little bit of both. You <laughs> want it to be like, you know, like the um uh when you when you put like you bought a lottery ticket, then you forgot you bought it, and then later you find it and realize you've won thousands of dollars or something. You'll be like, oh, sweet, I didn't even remember I had this. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Just make sure you don't wash your copy of Battlefront 1 in your jeans pocket or something. <laughs> right,
0: right. Uh,
1: well, um, I think
0: that's about all we have to say on it. So I can tell people where they can uh, locate us. Do it! All right um, so of course we are on the Star Wars Report Network. You can always kind of go there at StarWarsReport.com com and uh, find us. Uh, you can always send us an email because we love those and we'll read them at uh, CloudCityCasino at gmail.com uh, or just you know tweet us on or tweet us at CloudCityCasino or find the uh, Cloud City Casino Facebook page under the same name. Uh besides that, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as uh at Morris Isley.
1: And that's all I got. What you got, Nate? Well, you can find my book, A Saga on Home Video, a fans guide to US Star Wars Home Video Releases on Amazon at this point. Uh, my YouTube channel is youtube.com/slash chronoradio, chrono like chronology with radio, just all as one word. And you can find my Star Wars Timeline Gold that'll have its 20th anniversary edition being released on October 17th. It is the most comprehensive Star Wars chronology available anywhere. You can find that at starwarsfanworks.com slash timeline. And on the same day that that launches, uh, my Patreon will be launching over at patreon.com. Uh, it's Patreon with an E, patreon.com slash Nathan P. Butler, all as one word. For those who want to um, support those endeavors and perhaps get access to some exclusive content that I'm putting together like uh, uh, Clone Wars audio commentaries that you can listen to while watching episodes of the show and such. Um, so lots of stuff going on that's you know a nice smattering and of course you can find most of those projects with facebook pages and stuff like that
0: so that actually reminds me um and it actually looks like you um are gonna have to send out a free link to your book because we actually got another
1: um we got another five-star review on itunes Nice. so how do i send out a free link i just put the link to the book on facebook and twitter right is that how you send out a free link to people
0: no, you got to – this is – uh looks like this guy's name is 2 Samuel twenty two forty. 40. Get a hold of Nate on uh, one of the social medias and tell him that uh, he needs to send you a free link to his book. Um, Which is
1: just a link to where to buy it. He's messing with your head. A free link is just giving you a link. Get it? Because I no. know that I'm going to be the one blamed if you're full of – if you're a – Misleading people.
0: No, you owe this guy an Amazon link to where he can go
1: and purchase your book. Which is exactly what I just said. Yeah. he's He'd still be purchasing the book. You're, you're not really actually giving anyone anything, really. No, you are. You're giving him a link. Do you work for the
0: government? <laughs> oh, my God, you do. <laughs> well, listen, um, so he actually says, uh, I've been listening for over a year now. So you owe him, Nate. Uh, and thought it was time to write a review. I absolutely lo- absolutely loved the show. For a long time, I wanted a podcast to focus on Star Wars gaming, both video and tabletop. Before I found your podcast, I would have to go and look at feeds of other gaming shows just to hear about a few minutes worth of star wars news i've subscribed and now i have hours of exactly what i want michael and nathan are very knowledgeable regarding all content which makes for a great listening experience please keep it going and don't ever stop p.s no political talk please
1: just straight star wars gaming
0: yeah nate with your political talk
1: look we have the best gaming podcast it's all about star wars it is huge believe me it's big league can i at least do that i mean i can't I can't avoid at least some impressions now and then. Especially when I talk about how VR fundamentally transformed my gaming experience and stuff like that. I at least got to be able to do that. Nope. But I promise you, we won't bring up political issues unless they try to put a tax on uh, video games or something. Yeah. Or try to ban them again because they're corrupting children's minds could, while giving them good hand-eye coordination.
0: The only uh, political impersonations you can do are Senator Jar Jar Binks. No. (laughs) Alright. He's a refuser. (laughs) Well, the only thing left to be said is. Let the Wookiee win. He ain't gonna send you that link
1: Ha I say especially if the Wookiee's holding your friggin Amazon code (laughs) For a pre-order beta hostage
0: Yeah that too This party's over